Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax enrolled agent, and author of the retirement and tax playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. You may be asking what that is, and that is, it's a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatened your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. Once again, warrenwealth.net. Go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door via USPS. Once again, warrenwealth.net. All right. Um, uh, we talked about, we talked a little bit about this last week, but fall is officially here. Um, the leaves have started to change. Um, the weather uh, has finally broken from the 80, 90 degree weather. And now we're looking at highs of, of 70 and in the morning it's nice and crisp. Um, I took a, a morning run and it was uh, nice and cool and I enjoyed it finally. Uh, then, basically waking up in the morning and it's already, you know, 70, 75 degrees and I'm sweating, uh, profusely losing a lot of li- losing a lot of liquids and then cramping up. So glad fall is here. Good for, for runners. For fall, many different for reasons. Runners. Yeah. Runners is just like mm-hmm. I said last week, football, fashion, you can wear what you want with, without uh, sweating and, and all of that stuff. So it's, it's a, just a good time. It's a happy time for me, Marcus. Warren. Let's get into Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, All right, so let's do this. Let's um let's talk about this uh recession and you know what's uh what's been going on and really I want to talk about uh retiring specifically in a recession because, um, you know, we, we, um, we're in this weird period of time where a lot of things are happening, right? Um, this impending recession that we're um, uh, going to have, uh, people are preparing for, businesses are preparing for. We get high inflation. Then also we have the, the market uh, that is really tanking right now. We've, we've officially been in a bear market for, for a while now, but it looks like it's it's lingering and it's and it's not going away. And when you think about it, um, you know, a recession, it can make it tough for everyone, uh, but it's particularly hard on people who are nearing or just started retirement. Now, I talk about the retirement red zone, right? The um, the five years before retirement. 
But then there's also um, the five years after retirement. And when you combine the five years before retirement and the five years after retirement, that's often referred to as the fragile decade, the fragile decade for retirees. And hitting a recession in this period, it can have some serious impacts on your retirement funds. A couple of different reasons. Number one, um, it could be harder for you to make up for any market losses in your portfolio when you're in that fragile decade. And then also, if you started to draw on your retirement funds, the, with the, those withdrawals combined with market losses can deplete that nest egg a lot quicker than you planned. So I want to go over, you know, a couple of, maybe two or different, re, two or three different key reasons why, you know, when you, when we're in a recession, it's challenging. And then hopefully I can give you some, some advice, some tips for uh, retirees who are, um, in retirement and then people who are, who are close to retirement in that, uh, that fragile decade is what I, is what I call it. You like that? Fragile decade. Yes. Sounds scary Time, though. Yeah. Fragile decade, but it is, but it is. Um, so let's talk about, um, <clears throat> um, unexpected early retirement. So unemployment numbers, um, tend to go up during a recession, uh, when consumer spending falls and then business activity, uh, that tends to slow down. And losing a job, it's, you know, it's a horrible thing to go through. Um, and it can be especially um, nerve wracking when it happens during a recession and if you're close to retiring. Um, and if you find yourself in that situation, um, you know, you'll, you'll want to understand how losing that job, how it's going to impact your retirement plan. Um, and if you, you may or may not have a, a financial advisor that, that you're working with, but it might be the time to at least um, tap their expertise. Uh, you know, if, if you have an advisor, a good fiduciary advisor, uh, they could give you a clear picture of where you basically stand financially and if you're actually ready for retirement. Uh, they could also help you understand uh, your options and of course, uh, the financial implications of, of any, I guess, any decisions that, that, that you may be uh, considering. For example, um, let's say that you're in a position where you uh, can retire early or you're being forced into retirement, um, you know, or you would need to, um, um, or if you need to uh, find a new job, um, and maybe continue to, to work for a few more years. So if you're forced into retirement, if you lose your job, um, you know, is it, does it make sense to potentially look for a new job, continue working a few years uh, or longer uh, just to reach those retirement goals? Um, and I always talk about having an emergency fund. Do you have enough money in your emergency fund to give yourself some time to make any necessary transitions? That's important. Um, I think something that, that that's uh, that's good to know is that during a recession, um, and this tends to happen, some companies they may offer uh, early retirement packages to their senior employee, their, their senior employees. I was going to say older employees, same thing. It's not bad, right? Older, senior, yeah. whatever, um, to reduce, of course, their overhead. If you have been offered one of these packages, you might want to sit down with a good fiduciary advisor to help you understand the benefits and or the drawbacks of taking that offer. That's one thing that we do. So if you are, if you do find yourself in that situation, of course, uh, and you don't have uh, anyone that you're working with, then 
uh, we can help you out and be a good resource. So that's number one. Number two, um, let's talk about market losses and how that can sometimes delay retirement. So we talked about, we, we talked about uh, getting um, forced into retirement by layoffs. Uh, let's talk about uh, potentially having to, de- to delay retirement. So a recession, as we have seen, it basically means that there is trouble, potential trouble looming uh, for the markets. Now, unlike younger workers, people who are close to retirement, you don't have that much time to ride the ups and the downs of the market. You just don't have time to recover from big, huge losses, right? That's why it's important to, um, to make sure that you tamp down or ratchet down that risk as you're getting closer to retirement. Um, and, but if you don't and you see your nest egg start to deplete because the market's going down, that's why some people may choose to postpone retirement during, uh, a recession. Now, generally their, their, um, their, uh, logic in that is, is, is that they hope that by working a few more years, uh, that, uh, they could try to make up for those losses. Um, you know, if you're working, uh, if you're still working, if you can uh, still work a few years, um, you can continue to work, continue to contribute to your retirement accounts. That's a few more years of savings that you can put away. And because you're still earning an income, you can leave your retirement funds in there and let them grow, uh, obviously delaying you taking that money out, right? And so if you're thinking about working a few more years uh, before you retire because of the recession, um, you might want to run the numbers, um, work with a good advisor, run those numbers, uh, see how delaying retirement could impact your portfolio, um, as well as even the, the timing of, of your Social Security benefits down the road. You know, because generally speaking, this is good to know that, and most people do know this, but the longer you wait to take Social Security um, after full retirement age, the higher your, your monthly benefits will be. So that's a good thing. And then lastly... Let's talk about sequence of return risk because that's huge during during a recession. Because um, you can delay retiring, um, well, or by delaying retiring, um, uh, there's there's some benefits there. It might not always be an option during a recession when companies are likely to uh, cut those jobs to help cut so so they can cut cost, and of course. For the most part, like I said earlier, they generally force older workers to retire earlier than they planned. But retiring before you're ready to do so, and of course in the midst of a recession, it can put a lot of strain on your retirement plan. Think about it this way. Um, Without a job, uh, you're going to have to start tapping into your retirement funds um, for income a lot sooner than you probably planned. And keep in mind that... When you're making these withdrawals during an economic downturn or a bear market, a time when your portfolio has little or no earnings or is losing money because of the market volatility, you're essentially taking money out without putting money back in. And during a recession, the market is probably not generating enough growth for you to offset the money that you're taking out. That is why retiring during a bear market during a recession and inflationary times, it can have an adverse effect on your retirement funds, right? Um, increasing the chances of you running out of money 
a lot sooner than you wanted to. Now, this type of retirement um, timing and pulling out money in a down market, it's, it's basically um, what I call sequence of return risk. And it's something that you have to take into account. If you don't have an advisor or if they're not talking to you about this, that's something that you have to uh, uh, at least work into your long-term retirement plan. You have to assess the, the, the risk in your portfolio before you get to, into retirement. And you have to make sure that the money you're going to have to pull out, that it is in safer investments. Your short-term money should be money that you can't lose in the market. You still need that long-term money because you still have to keep up with inflation and all of that stuff. But you have to be smart about what you're doing. All right? It's as simple as that. It sounds simple, but it's not easy. Or it's easy, but it's not simple. One of those ways, one of those sayings is the way that it works. But you just have to make sure that you have a plan going into retirement. So there you go. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to dive into uh, some financial puzzle pieces. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right. Let's get right into it. She said, any time to waste. Yeah. This is Pink, by the way. Who? Early okay. Pink. Yes. Yeah, people know Pink. I know Pink. The song came out in the year 2000. Speaking of Pink, what has she been doing? Anyway, this is... Uh, it's been 22 years. Yeah, 22 years, I know. This is There You Go. Uh, came out in 2000, like I said. Number seven in the U.S., number six in the U.K. All right. Okay, Big Pink. song for her. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know the last time she had anything out. It's been a while. Yeah. Seems... Yeah, I don't know. she had a good run, good, good maybe ten, twelve, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen year run. Really? I don't know. I don't know when the last time she's had anything out that's been a hit. Anyway, this is I wonder acting like we're like DJs, real DJs <laughs> and stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. That's a physical packet of information mailed free of charge to your front door. Helps you deal with tax rate risk, market risk, inflation risk. In retirement, you can get that by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Put in your information and we will mail that. And uh, now more than ever, do you need that recession retirement rescue game plan? Um, you had uh, uh, checked out simple versus easy or it's simple, but it's no, you didn't. I thought you were fact checking me on that. Nah, nah. <clears throat> I guess not. All right. Um, I think the saying goes. Obviously, if it were easy, everyone would do it. But yes. then there's also, it it it's easy or it's simple, but it's not easy. I think that's. How I it see goes. both. Okay. I see both. Well, good. Yes. Well, there you go. We'll just throw that up in the air. Um, all right. Let's. Um, you know, I was talking about. Uh, you know, retiring in a recession and things of that nature earlier. And, you know, it made me think of um, uh, one of the, well, two of the great philosophers of, 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 of our time. Uh, the first one um, is the um, philosopher, uh, great philosopher known as, as, as Mike Tyson, who once said that um, uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm, that's true. Because right? mm-hmm. right? it's ludicrous, ludicrous. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, that was my Tyson impression. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think about it, um, it made me, uh, think of, 
Another uh, great uh, philosopher of our time. Aristotle? No, no. Socrates? Seneca. Oh, there we go. A Roman Stoic, by the way. Um, Actually, one of my favorites. But speaking of fighting, he said that only the prize fighter who has been bloodied and bruised in training and in previous matches can go into the ring confident of his chances of winning. The one who has never been touched before, never had a hard fight, that's a fighter who is scared. And if they're not, they should be because they have no actual idea how they're going to hold up. Mm. And it just had me thinking of, um, you know, this, uh, we, we have two generations of, of people. We have the millennials and the Gen Zers who have never been in this kind of economic position yes. of a bear market uh, and then going through a recession. Right. And we have three generations of, of people including the Gen Xers who have never, who've never been in an uh, an environment of this inflation, right? This high inflation uh, that we currently have. Um, And that basically means that, um, you know, there are a lot of um, um, mid, you know, we have a lot of advisors, a lot of, a lot of planners who have no experience um, and investors, um, uh, but more importantly, you know, even some some uh, advisors and, and planners who have no experience dealing with um, this chain reaction of price increases, uh, slow growth, recession, and a bear market. And because most of these advisors and planners have never been punched in the face, they don't know what to do. In essence, they don't know how to take a punch, right? And then how to counter that punch. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that experience matters, you know, um, that you need to make sure that you're working with someone who has experience in uh, these uh, trying times uh, that we've had, right? And I know that uh, a lot of people uh, who are do-it-yourselfers um, or um, – you know, maybe working with someone, they don't understand uh, times like these, right? So that's number one. Another thing that uh, you you tend to find out is there are also those advisors and planners who work with um, uh, a lot of investors as they're building up their nest egg, as they're accumulating uh, their assets, as they're invest, starting to invest in the market and going up that retirement mountain, so to speak. And I always, and I always say, once you uh, make it up to that retirement mountain and you transition from working to retirement, that's when a lot of things change. And that advisor or planner who helped you uh, up the mountain with the investment management and things of that nature might not be that same person who is who has the expertise in helping you down that mountain because there are a lot of things that uh, that uh, can occur as you're making your trek down that retirement mountain. Basically, um, there's <clears throat> there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, so to speak. Um, and if we want to move from one analogy to another, so you have your you know I was giving you the analogy of of going up retirement mountain and then descending down retirement mountain. Now let's talk about the, just the, the pieces of the puzzle. So, you know, when you first, uh, you know, when, when, when you're a little toddler, uh, you have, um, you know, you get your first puzzle. That puzzle is probably 
uh, sometimes two pieces, you know, maybe at the most four, just so you can uh, get your motor skills and your um, your mind, your critical thinking skills going by taking those, you know, four pieces and putting them together, right? That's kind of like when you're when you first when you're in that accumulation phase, right? There aren't too many pieces to the puzzle, just a couple, maybe just one, right? Investment management, and all you're trying to do is build up that nest egg, right? All you're trying to do is get the best rate of return uh, and put as much money in your accounts just so they can grow. Almost one piece. Now, if you want to add another piece, you can say, okay, I need to have an emergency fund. And then maybe you're trying to buy a house or something like that. But from an investment retirement planning standpoint, as this show is, really, they're just at that one piece to the puzzle. And you're just trying to uh, accumulate as much money as you can for that. So you have that nest egg. So you retire. But then, like I say, as you transition and you get closer in retire or close or in retirement, that's when things change. That's when you don't have that little toddler, uh, few pieces of the puzzle. Now you've transitioned to uh, that 500, that thousand piece puzzle where there's a lot more things that have to connect to build that picture that you're looking for, right? You still have the investment management piece. You still have that, right? You still have to make sure that you have a good diversified portfolio and you're allocated correctly. You still need that. But then there's a lot of other pieces that have to connect to that. There's the risk management piece of the puzzle, right? That meaning that how much risk are you willing to take? Do you need to have um, as you make that transition into retirement? Generally speaking, you don't need as much risk because if you have too much risk and the market drops, you don't have that time to recover anymore. And so you need to make sure that that risk management piece is uh, set correctly. Then there's the distribution piece, the income planning piece of that retirement puzzle, where um, now instead of putting money in, you are starting to take that money out. And how much do you take out? Um, um, you know, after you take that money out, what, what about taxes and what about all these other things? So you have that distribution or that income planning piece that you have to make sure is in place. What account do I take from first? Do I take from my Roth first? Do I take from my traditional IRA? Do I take from my taxable accounts? What do I do? How do I have that distribution plan? So that's another piece that has to fit into that retirement puzzle. And then of course, social security, right? Social security, when should I take social security? 62, uh, 65 for retirement age, or should I take it and, and, and wait till 70? You know, how can we maximize spousal benefits? Did my spouse work or if uh, he or she did work, um, what is their Social Security? Uh, what is that amount going to be? Or should they take half of yours? There's a lot of things that go into that. Medicare, right? What about Medicare? Okay, you can get Medicare at 65, but we know that Medicare doesn't pay for anything. You need to have uh, Medicare supplements, things of that nature, right? And then now we're talking about that insurance piece of the puzzle, that insurance piece of the puzzle. All right, I need a supplement for my Medicare, but then what about long-term care? Do you have, does your family have a history of having to go into a, 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 a nursing facility? And if they do, do you need long-term care? How much should I pay? Should I have traditional long-term care? Or should I use uh, a hybrid policy that utilizes life insurance, but it has a, a long-term care uh, enhancement, so to speak? That piece of the puzzle. And then what if you want to give to the next generation? Do you have that estate planning piece of the puzzle together? Or your will, 
Is your will up to date? Do you have a will? What about trust? Do you even need a trust? Who knows? You have that piece of the puzzle that has to go into that retirement, uh, that, that retirement plan. And then, of course, what we always talk about here is the tax planning piece of that puzzle. Tax is one of the biggest expenses that you're going to have in retirement. You have to make sure that you deal with taxes. All that money on that IRA statement, on that 401k, 403b, your company retirement plan statement is not all yours. A portion of that has to go to the government. It's not all yours. You have to plan for that. How can you minimize taxes, put more money in your pocket, less than Uncle Sam's? How does all that fit into that retirement puzzle that you're trying to put together so you have that clear picture of your retirement? You need that. You need to know and have somebody at least guide you to help you put those pieces together so you can have peace of mind in retirement. That's what you need to do. And if you don't, you always can let us know because that is, is what we do. We do it. We do it well. Fiduciary advisors, uh, tax experts, all under one roof. That's what we do here, here in the office. So there you go. All right. Whew. Speaking of taxes, we're going to go into more taxes, right? I was talking about the, the, the tax piece of the puzzle. Now yes. we're going to uh, uh, talk about taxes. So coming up next, we're going to jump into D's Tax Corner. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right. So, um, got a little Jimmy Eat World. That's it. There you go. This is uh, The Middle. The song came out in 2001. All right. Number five in the U.S., mm-hmm. number 26 in the uh, U.K. Okay. Not bad. Top 30 hit there. <laughs> yeah. Top 30, yeah. Not bad. Pretty big song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, once again, that you can request your recession retirement rescue game plan, your triple R game plan, which is a physical packet of information delivered free of charge to your front door, has a copy of my two books. Three different financial reports, a few different financial reports, and then access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Once again, go to, I said once again. No, you just got to go to warrenwealth.net. Just one time. One time. Warrenwealth.net. It's two times. Um, You can go there and order that. And uh, a lot of good information. The Retirement Rescue Recession Game Plan. Any more R's? Triple R. No, just three. Triple R. Three. R cubed game plan. All right. um, Well, we still are um, looking for uh, any kind of uh, um, jingle uh, for... If any of our listeners are jingle creators... Yeah, we don't have a jingle. We don't have a jingle anymore for our our, our tax segment, D's Tax Corner. But uh, um, let's get into it. D's Tax Corner. I'll take a pause. All right, so today I want to talk about a topic that's a little bit confusing, and that could be really anything when it comes to taxes and the IRS. So we hear all the time about how 
the big corporations, Amazons, FedExes, the um, com- uh, big, huge Apples, all those, oh. the big, big five. CVS. There we go. All those big companies, they don't pay very much or if anything in taxes each year because they're usually not profitable in the early years, in the first maybe 10 or so years of their businesses, as, at least as far as tax return goes. They they show losses on their tax returns. Yep. And this is confusing to people sometimes because there's a rule, an IRS rule, about uh, hobby, what's considered a hobby versus what's considered a business. And the rule is important because when your uh, uh, whatever you're doing is considered a hobby, you're not allowed to take losses. For how long? Uh, yeah. It's The rule is three, three, you've got to try to show a profit in three out of the last five years. Gotcha. That's the rule. Now, that's kind of how, that's kind of uh, confusing to people because how is, how is it that the companies like Amazon and whatever are able to take losses for so many years without being considered a hobby? So let's yeah, talk about it. that is a good it. question. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about it. How to ensure that your business is not deemed a hobby. So say you've loved dogs all your life, so you decide that you're going to breed them and start a dog training business. Yeah. Is this a business in the eyes of the IRS, or is it a hobby? Well, knowing what the IRS is looking for and properly positioning your small business can save taxes and even headaches if the IRS revenue officer comes knocking on the door. So like I said, if your activity is a business, your income can be reduced by all your qualified business expenses, even if that results in a loss. If your activity is a hobby, then you're not allowed to take any losses on your tax return. And with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you're actually not allowed to even deduct any expenses. So if you have, say, um, knits, um, if, you're, if you knit some sweaters... And yeah. you sell them for $1,000. You can't deduct the cost of wool or any of the material that you use if it is a hobby. But you do have to report that $1,000 as income and pay taxes on it. Well, yeah, of course. The IRS always wants their, their tax money. There we go. So no expenses deducted if it's a hobby. And you have to pay taxes on the income regardless. So here's some ways to make sure that your... Uh, your income generating activity is uh, considered a business. First, there's a profit motive. You must show that you intend to make a profit with your activity. How do you do that? Well, I mean, the, there isn't, there, there is. Everybody has a motive to make a profit in <laughs> anything that they're doing. No one has a motive to lose money. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> but there's a difference between having a profit motive and just doing something that that's that you like doing. So, for example, the, the if your business has a large enjoyment factor, it means you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Like you like knitting, then so it's you, a hobby, right? If you like doing if you like doing your job, people, then it's really just a hobby. It's really just a hobby. So, if you have a business that you love, um, it's just a hobby. You can't write it off. Obviously not. <laughs> but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to prove that. Your, you know, golf uh, training lessons are a, a bu- is a is a real business versus you just like playing golf and uh, bring a bunch of your friends with you and say that you're training them and they give you some money and then you write off the cost oh. of the golf, right? Right. right. And it's, it's probably consecutive. So you're saying consecutive losses. So if I have, so if I have this business and I'm showing a loss pretty much every year for the last five or six years, then that's probably. Um, 
It could it could be a business. It could be a business just like you're saying. If it's legit, with Amazon, and because they show a loss for yes. for years until they show a profit, right? Um, I think I think the thing is that, and sometimes the, the trap that we fall into is just that we think we're we're going to get one over on the IRS, or that yeah. we're going to be able to do something that we think, hey, we're doing this. Um, you know, like the golf example. I like to play golf. And I'm going to say that I just started this golf training business when really it's just me and my friends going out to play golf. Right. Right. And so when you get audited by the IRS, they're going to see that you're, right. you're kind of BSing, right? You're not really doing this as a business. You're just doing this to hang out with your friends versus... And if you can probably show... Um Maybe you have a a, uh, a home office that yes you know you, you have business cards you have exactly. marketing costs you have all the stuff that you're actually really tr- you know trying to do something even if you do enjoy it and you do it within right. I mean if you're not doing it with your friends I, the IRS when they come knocking on your door they can probably tell fairly quickly yes if it's something just, that you're seriously doing or just that has to. a profit motive so you're advertising it you've yes. got you know pamphlets, flyers, social media advertising. You've got your social media page set up. You've got your business, you know, registered with the state. You have a business bank account. You have business cards. Maybe you have polo shirts. You know, all all those things that uh, make you look professional, make you look like you are really in business versus that you're just doing this as a way to have write-offs. Yeah, it's it's like all the, um, you know, there's... uh, the professional athletes or, um, you know, uh, people, uh, high powered, you know, attorneys who, um, will have spouses that, you know, will have a boutique, a little fashion boutique, uh, that loses money each and every year. Um, obviously they're using that as a write-off, but if they were ever to be audited by the IRS, you go in and you see a bricks and mortar spot and you yes. see clothes on the rack and you see they have an employee, a couple of employees, and, you know, they're there trying to sell stuff, you know, trying to sell clothes. Then they're, they're, they're showing a profit motive. Yes. Although we know that, you know, they're probably not making and they probably haven't made one and they're maybe still using it as a write-off. That's still legitimate because, there's at least, an established at, business at least there. It looks like there's yes. an established business there. Yes. There, there you go. There's nothing against the law of being a bad business operator. Oh, I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> but there is, you know, there is that distinction that you have to make. And the IRS actually has nine basically ch- checkpoints to determine if it's a real business or if it's a if it's a hobby. And some of the things we've already named carrying on in a business-like matter, manner, compl- uh, maintaining books, having accurate books and records, yep. um, whether you have some personal motives in carrying on the activity, there is that enjoyment factor. If you enjoy it too much, be careful. It might be considered a hobby. The time and effort that you're putting That's in funny. to make it profitable, um, whether you, d- you know, how much of the income you depend on for your livelihood, uh, whether your losses are due to circumstances be- beyond your control, or if it's just the normal uh, startup, you know, normal startup phase of, of a business, whether you have um, the knowledge needed to carry on the activity as a su- successful business. If you're terrible at golf and you're trying to train other people how to play golf, that's probably not a business or maybe you need to get, uh, get up, up your golf skills. Um, and then whether the activity makes a profit in some years, whether you can uh, expect to make a future profit from some of maybe the assets that you have in the business. So those are all kind of factors that the IRS looks at to determine if your business is a business versus a hobby. Now, 
you mentioned some of these um, potential, um, uh, the, the example you gave about the athletes and, and uh, a way to use uh, a business as uh, uh, a way to write off some or well, offset some of the income. Spe- speaking of athletes, um, and you, you mentioned the first, the first thing you mentioned was the, um, um, you know, if you like dogs and you want a dog mm-hmm. breed. Yes. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, who uh, used to play for the Boston Celtics. Yes. A few other teams. Ben, now he's on ESPN. He breeds dogs. And okay. He has a multi-million dollar dog business that, you know, he has these Frenchies. These, um, I don't know. French Bulldogs? No, Frenchies. They're, oh. No, not French. Different. No. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, you know, they sell for about six to $8,000 a pop. All right. And, um, yeah, they have a a pretty big dog breeding business that, uh, you know, brings in, uh, you know, four to five million dollars, you know, each year. Wow. I didn't know that. uh, There we go. uh, That lucrative. Yeah. And that's not a hobby because he's making a lot of money. No, that is not. On the side, so to speak, of, you know, what he does as being an analyst. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Anyway. There you go. So, uh, thanks. Thanks, D, for that. Tax Corner on hobby versus a business. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right, I like this. Little John Mayer. This is uh, Your Body is a Wonderland, which came out in 2002. Okay. Number 18 in the U.S. Top 20 hit. All right. So pretty good. Yeah. You know, this is what you know, got him started, not this, this particular album. This is what brought John Mayer into the zeitgeist. Does he have any other songs? Any other songs? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Gravity, gravity. He has a bunch of songs, a bunch of That's albums. This other. is his first album. Hmm. Oh my gosh, how hmm. dare you? Hmm. Anyway, welcome back to the show. I, I, I like John Mayer. Big fan. Yeah, good. Welcome good. back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your recession, your recession, your recession retirement rescue game plan, uh, and help rescue your retirement from this impending recession. We'll uh, talk about all the risk that threatens your nest egg, tax rate risk, inflation risk, recession risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, warrenwealth.net, and you'll get a copy of my two books, uh, some other financial reports, and you'll get access to my webinar that's entitled Taxes in Retirement. So uh, so there you go. Um, once again, go to warrenwealth.net. All right, let's get into some news you can use. All right, the owner of outdoor apparel maker Patagonia, his name is Yvonne Schwinnard, he has uh, decided to give his company away. All right. Yes, that's right. Rather than selling the company or taking it public, Mr. Schwinnard, his wife, and two adult children, they have transferred the ownership of Patagonia, which is, by the way, valued at $3 billion with a B, to a a specially designed trust and a nonprofit organization. Both were created to preserve the company's independence and ensure that all of its profits, about $100 million each year, are used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe. Um. 
and you might not know this, but um, um, mm-hmm. when they give it away, so is someone going to like? It's not going to be. There's no. There's not going to be any more Patagonia after. The family company's still going to run and okay. operate. Yes, but all the profits would just go. All the profits, yes. All the profits are going to go to uh, some of these uh, spe- yes. some of these pro- so co- just... companies, organizations that are um, combating combating climate change. Got it. That's very uh, very noble generous. Yes, of, they're going to continue to operate as a private for profit company. They're based out of Ventura, California. They sell about a billion dollars. Course they are worth of jackets, hats, and ski pants each year. And it's just the ownership has transferred from the Schwinards to this trust who will now de- uh, delegate where that money goes, where the profits go each year. Interesting. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, good stuff. What else? Very good. Well, the Labor Department's Inspector, Gen- uh, Inspector General's office said that individuals potentially stole an estimated $45.6 billion, with a B, by making fraudulent unemployment insurance claims meant for people that were laid off during the COVID-19 pandemic. Who did this? A uh, bunch just, of individuals. Oh, just individuals. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, okay. several, several, probably oh, well, hundreds, several thousand individuals. <laughs> yeah, yes. A, a billion so, with a B? Yes, 46 billion with a B. This estimate is nearly three times the what, last estimate that came out last summer. Um, more than half the per, uh Potential fraud identified uh, between March 2020 and April 2022 stemmed from individuals filing for benefits in multiple states. They used security numbers of people who passed away or were in prison. Social, yes. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Okay, I was just wondering how do you. How do you do, do you that? Do well, that? because okay. the systems aren't interconnected. Each state has its own unemployment system. None of them are connected because our government, well, for some government. reason, operates on technology right. from the 1800s. So they were, so they've used the same. Okay, so they yes, use the same using social. the same so social in multiple th- states. What folks, what people do is it's it's interesting. I mean, there's always going to be so-called spoilage yes. when there when, when something comes out just in general, whether it's um, uh, a bushel of apples. There's going to be spoilage, or when there's a you know three point one trillion dollar um, stimulus package. Yes, mm-hmm. stimulus package. Yes. There's going to be you know always some spoilage. It's unfortunate, and you know I mean I'm sure you know they'll harmful be to people who might actually need it too. In and they'll the, be in, in the moment, and they'll be investigating. Oh, yeah. yeah, they'll fi- they'll figure and it every, out. And ev- everyone got it. No one was for the most part denied. So you know, yeah, and and it, some it, people got it, it, some people didn't, and the ones who did the fraud. Didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, ones who did the fraud got it. Ones who were legit didn't get it. It's just there was just still a lot of spoilage there and government yes. waste, which we see all the time. And hopefully they can um, do some enfor- enforcement and get, well, probably won't get At a lot of At least a nationwide back. network that can identify, hey, the Social Security number has been used over here to get unemployment in this state. Yeah. You know, that that yeah. alone, I think, would 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 temper it down but like you said there was about nine percent fraudulent claims paid out before the pandemic and it increased to about 19 percent after the pandemic so there was spoilage before it's just at a higher rate now that um the government was giving away a lot of money to try to help people yep that's what i thought all right what else all right netflix is changing how it compensates some of the comics that it features um on its streaming network a move that is attempting to trim the its costs and shift some of the financial burden to artists of course netflix uh in recent months is looking for ways to cut costs because they are uh expecting their revenue to go down uh with less people less subscribers signing up um they are now uh licensing spec 
specials from the comics uh, for about two years for $200,000. So you get to license the special for two years for $200,000 instead of buying the special outright at a much higher price. Um, they would pay usually a lump sum payment about a million dollars for the special. Uh, for for the... Um, Ownership rights. Well, the comics that aren't... I mean, Chris Rock. Probably Dave not. Chappelle. Yes, they probably get know, a Seinfeld. A little bit higher. A little, yeah, yes. a lot yes. higher. Yeah, it's interesting because... You know, when you look at um, the stock, you know, Netflix, you know, 600 bucks earlier this year, and now it's it's languishing around, you know, 230 or so dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and actually that's up from, you know, it's it's low. I, I remember talking to someone when it, when it was um, 175, and I told them that uh, Netflix was still a good company, mm. and now it's 230. There we go. You know what? You know, that's uh, my stock picking <laughs> prowess that, that I have, you know, knowing... When the bottom's uh, going to hit and then when, when to invest. So, I, you know, I did good by, by picking Netflix. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think it's yeah. like a broader trend also of, of restructuring the way deals are made to. Yeah, they got, ma- I mean, hey, they, they lost, what, 70% of their value. They mm-hmm. have to start changing yep. things around. Yes. All right, let's do one more before we transition. Less than two months before midterm elections, TikTok is blocking politicians and political parties from fundraising on its platform. Huh. Uh, the social media platform said they would prohibit solicitations for money by political campaigns. They said political political accounts would immediately lose access to advertising features and monetization services. Um they are also clamping down on politicians posting videos asking for donations and political parties directing users to online donation pages. So the rules um, for banning political advertising were actually put into place in 2019 by TikTok. The mm. company has more than a billion monthly users globally. They describe themselves first and foremost as an entertainment platform. They are increasingly drawing uh, political content. Of course, everybody's flocking to TikTok because the users are all there. And it's so addictive. That's why. Yes. Um, And it's uh, like all other social media platforms has become kind of a hub of political misinformation fueled by, of course, the same qualities that we've seen um, on other other sites as well. Um, conspiracy theories, aggressive rhetoric. They're trying to tamper down on it, saying they're trying to be a little bit more transparent with um, um, some of the account- accounts that, that, that are set up, um, basically educating yeah. users about whether an account is sponsored by a company or whether That's a good. post is sponsored by... Mm-hmm. Yeah, TikTok has bigger you know, problems than, you know, than, uh, than, than most. Um, you know, not going to get into the politics of that, but... Uh, yeah, they're gonna. There's gonna be some changes. I would yes. foresee TikTok here in the next six to nine months, especially from an ownership standpoint. Because um, anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. Okay. Thank you, D, for that news. You can use. I refuse to download TikTok on my phone just because I know it's gonna waste so much time. Oh uh, yeah, it's I mean, a time you, you can go down that vortex. That that algorithm. Now that's a real algorithm that works. Yes. is the TikTok algorithm. All these algorithms about being the best stock pickers or knowing hmm. when to get out, asset allocation, investment management, they can beat the market. That is false. But TikTok's algorithm, it's a good one. got to get my hands on that because that <laughs> can keep you on there for hours at a time without, without you even knowing it. Anyway, let's get into some news you can't use. <laughs> Well, NASA is intentionally crashing a satellite 
into an asteroid 7 million miles away from Earth. The agency's double asteroid reduction test, aka DART, is going to impact an asteroid moonlit called Dimorphos on Monday, tomorrow. The DART mission launched uh, last year in November. The mission is the first attempt to determine if we can alter the course of an asteroid by uh, crashing a satellite into it, something that might one day be required to save human civilization. So like uh, like Armageddon. Like Armageddon, yes. They actually ended up having, oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, right? if you haven't watched, just stop listening. <laughs> they had to end up crashing their spaceship, the shuttle, yeah. into the asteroid. Well, to, no. just blowing, they were on the asteroid yes. trying to Bruce blow it Bruce Willis up. had to dig. Oh, it was just him. Under, yes. wasn't everybody? Right, yeah. Oh, he oh, he sacrificed right. himself to save the other wow, astronauts. You're really doing the spoiler alert. Yes. I was, you know, generally speaking, and actually my spoiler alert was going to be wrong. I mean, the movie came out like 25 years ago. If you haven't seen, seen it yet, bad. you're probably not going to see oh, it wow. at this point. Wow, are you brutal. Anyway, um, thank you, D, for that news. The can't use... Because it was. I don't care about an asteroid and satellites. Anyway. Well, if it starts to come towards Earth. Yeah. We all know what this music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.